When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. You're listening to The Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. Live from the Dun Tire Studios. Dun Tire. It's a done deal. WGR Sports Radio 550. I think we really got something in. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, how are we feeling? I feel great. Do you? I feel like I'm... Why'd you question me? I don't know. I feel like I should have had... A, I should have had an extra cup of coffee before we got going here. Ah, you're a little but tired? I had already had two cups. And it's like, you can't go third. It's 7 o'clock. I'll be up till 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, no, I feel good. Yeah, no, like, I don't want to say I'm dragging, but I'm not quite as fired up as I think I normally am. But we'll see. It only takes one... Stupid opinion from somebody out there. One Jack one Eichel topic, trade. One Jack Eichel trade. What else could happen in the next hour that would get me fired up? I think if they re-signed Linus Hallmark, that would get me fired up. Mm. I think at least it would be interesting. If they re-signed Rasmus Dahlin in the next hour, yeah, that would be really interesting. Uh, Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney, by the way, here on the Nightcap. 803 is the phone number. Free agency is tomorrow. So is Bill's training camp. And I don't really know where I want to start. Because training camp, I don't know what there is to talk about yet. Like, there are roster battles. Training camp is much less interesting this year just because the Bills are very good. And it's just stay healthy. That's kind of how I'm looking at training camp. A little interested in uh, cornerback two and how the rookie D-linemen look. Aside from that, just stay healthy. No, you're right. Like it's it's healthy and it's Dane Jackson versus Levi Wallace. Right. It is Mario Addison versus Boogie Basham versus Gregory Rousseau versus Daryl Johnson versus who else yeah, is that left? D-line. Mark yeah. Anderson is probably still on the Bills at this point. Uh, like just the, Aaron Schobel too is going to be in that battle. Um, <laughs> there is also before we get to the Sabers because I'd imagine. We'll spend more time on them today. And you're right. Like, this is not one of the more interesting Bills training camps, in part because the most interesting Bills training camps uh, that I can remember are ones where there are open competitions. For, like, the quarterback position. That's what I meant. Like yes, a thank three-way you. Three-way <laughs> yeah. quarterback AJ competition. McCarron versus Allen versus Peterman. Like, that was interesting. Uh, Manuel, Taylor, and. No, it was Manuel and. Ca- oh, well, that one, yeah, right? There was Manuel, there- Taylor, and Castle. Yep. Was one. And then you had Manuel versus Cobb. Yeah. 
which didn't really it didn't become a competition right. because Cobb slipped on a, a shower mat or whatever happened there. Um, what else? Fitz versus Edwards, I feel like, happened like five times. So did Edwards versus Lossman. We've we've had them. We've was, had we've had a lot. Was Brian Brom involved in a quarterback? Oh, do you remember that name? Yeah, yeah, I do. He started the he. There was a Brian Brom game. Yes, there in, was in Atlanta. Was and he they, ever in a competition though? They to start? got crushed by Atlanta in that game. That's really all I remember. Yeah, that same thing. They got smoked and Brom started. Yep. That's that's the only thing you'll remember about that game. Um, man, he's on the Bills in twenty. He's in the Bills in 2009 and 2010. He started two games. There are two Brian Brom games. Hold the phone. <laughs> this is a big development. It's not a Jack Eichel trade. If you're tuning in right at this is a big development, no, they have not traded Jack Eichel. I have just discovered there is a second Brian Brom game. He started week 17 the year after he played Atlanta. The Bills lost 38-7 to to the New York Jets. This is 2011. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is the 2010 season. It's it's yeah. January 2nd of 2011. Um, so this is still Gailey. This is Gailey's. No, not Gailey's last game. It's Gailey's first season. Um, Levi Brown attempted three passes in this game. Would have never thought that guy played. Mark Brunel started for the Jets. What is this football game? <laughs> there was so- a there was a Brunel versus Brom Bills Jets game. <laughs> this is amazing. Naaman Roosevelt. Look at some of the names in here. Maybe um, the Patriots weren't actually that good. Maybe they seriously were just <laughs> playing the three stooges of the NFL for 20 years. And then they always got home playoff games because of that, <laughs> and that's how they got their advantage in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do not remember this second Brian Brom game in any way, shape, or form. Anyways, what was I looking up, though? Uh, was Brom ever in a quarterback competition? This would have been the 2009 Buffalo Bills, and that is Edwards coming into the year – after his concussion uh, in 2008, and he starts seven games, then Fitz starts eight games, Brom starts one. So, yeah, I'd be really reaching back, but maybe Brom was in there as well. Uh, but anyways, the, the overall point there is we don't really have anything even close to that with the Bills this year. They are figured out at quarterback, obviously. They are figured out at wide receiver, except in the deeper parts of the position really after you get past the big three unless you want to talk about Cole Beasley which I guess we could do that uh running back is is kind of interesting you know like what is Brita necessarily safe on this team but to me that's not interesting either because I think he's probably just battling for the right to be the healthy scratch on game days um offensive line I think you're pretty much figured out in most of these starting positions uh and again you mentioned it's defensive end and it's cornerback. The only thing that I think is worth talking about for the Bills, and this is more of a philosophical point that you could have any season, is how much you should play your guys in the preseason. And this is a new test of that because this is the first year where they will only have three preseason games. And what does that look like? Because we know the old, you know, the old formula. It's games one and two. Your starters play a little bit, but not a lot. The third game, they play a lot, sometimes entire halves, and then the fourth game, they don't play at all. Well, now what changes? Do we just take the first game out and, okay, they'll play a little in game one, a lot in game two, and none in game three? How will the Bills handle that? How will other NFL teams handle that? And I don't know if the Bills are really quite there yet on the progressive approach with the preseason, but what I would like them to get to, the point, the place I would like them to get to at some point 
is where the Bears are and where the Rams are. And those two teams do not play their starters. The Good. Bears have not done it under Matt Nagy his entire coaching career where there are lots of starters don't play at all. The Rams have already come out and said, like, they're starting running back Daryl Henderson. He's not going to play a single snap in the preseason because they got to make sure that that guy is healthy. And to me, you could pick and choose. I don't need you to do that for every starter on the Bills. But positions where you know what you've got, right. you don't need to play that guy. Stephon Diggs does not need to see the field in the preseason. Are we worried about him and, and no. Allen being on the same page come week one? They were on the same page week one last year without a preseason or without playing before that. Are we worried that Tredavious White is going to right. forget how to play football without these three games? Like yeah. I agree with you, I, and especially the way this team – is is trending right now. The last, the absolute last thing you need is one of these players to go down before meaningful games even start. It would be one thing if you had a super young roster that has position battles all over the place. It, like, uh, I'm trying to think, what would be a good example? Like, Cincinnati, maybe. Get Joe Burrow some time because he's been out for a year. Or do you not want to give Joe Burrow time? You know, that's something right. that you, you want to – but, like, for the Bills, I don't – any meaningful starter, I, I do not see the need. Do not see the need. In fact, I would love to see Mitch Trubisky go out there and tear it up for three games and just boost up that trade value. I agree. He could be – I don't know. Have we talked about this? Has someone mentioned this on the station? Because it's a thought I feel like I've had before, but – or I've heard, but I don't remember where. But that Trubisky might not make it into the season for the Bills. It's happened before. The one, actually, I think it was me. I, I, I did it myself because I reached back for when the Jets signed Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. And Bridgewater looked really strong in the preseason, and they traded him to the Saints for like a second-round pick. The Saints didn't dr- trade for him to be a starter. They traded for him to be a backup, so kind of an odd situation there. Right. But, right, if Trubisky starts all three preseason games for the Bills and you're almost showcasing him with the Bills' scheme and with their depth-wide receivers, who are pretty good. I mean, the Bills' depth-wide receivers are as good as some team starters. Um, if he plays well, then maybe you're comfortable enough to say – would we rather have Trubisky as our backup or would we rather go fetch a third-round pick for him because someone had an injury or the Broncos don't like what they see from Bridgewater and, and Locke and we'll go we'll bring Matt Barkley back. We'll go bring him off the street. You know, like, is that is that a good outcome? Because I do see value in Trubisky being on the team. Right, as I do the Bills as well. Backup. And it's actually, and the more I think about it, like did Brandon Bean did mention that we can't be one injury away from this kind of all falling apart. Or like he definitely didn't say it in those words, but kind of to that extent, right? Like they're they're at this point as a franchise where they need a capable backup quarterback who can win you games if something, God forbid, were to happen to Josh Allen. And so maybe they have no intention of that. But it's inter- it's an interesting thought in my opinion. If he if he plays well for the preseason and some team is looking at that as maybe we're a fringe playoff team, let's let's try it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an interesting idea. But at the same time, like you said, 
there is value in in a capable backup being on your roster. So so do we run? <clears throat> excuse me. Do we really run through the list of players that shouldn't that we don't think should see a snap? Allen, I don't think needs to play. I, isn't it, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? It's uh, Allen and Diggs D- Allen on Diggs, offense. Yeah, I would say both the running backs. I know what I've got in Devin Singletary sure. and Zach Moss. Yeah. Um, let Breida play. Let Christian Wade play. I don't let need Deion Dawkins Williams. to play. I don't. Yep. I nope. don't need Daryl Williams to play. Definitely don't need Mitch Morse with Mitch his concussion Morse issues. Yeah, I would say it's pretty much your your twenty two. Like okay, may, you'll need. I would say you'll maybe need Wallace and Dane Jackson right. to kind of duke it out a little bit. I guess I would say so. Um, I don't need Tremaine Edmonds. Definitely do not need Matt Milano playing. Don't need Oliver. Yeah, so really, just uh, maybe figure out your defensive end. Yeah, I would let, let yeah like let Rousseau all the rookies. <laughs> I no rookie should be most certainly in this. do not need Hyder Poyer playing. No. <laughs> Definitely not them. Um, I was gonna say, how many veterans? I mean, like there maybe are the Emmanuel Sanders. There are. Do you want more. Emmanuel Sanders to play? I don't. I think he's been around long enough where I don't need him to play. No, I don't either. I think the last year was really like I already thought this was true, but last year really proved it. The Bills did not have any preseason reps, not one, because there was no preseason, and they came out firing. They looked like Diggs and Allen looked like they've been playing together for ten years. Right. So what am I supposed to believe there? Maybe it's a special circumstance because of two very special individuals that understand each other, and that might not just naturally happen for everybody. That's probably right. There are maybe some people that would take a little longer to get on the same page. But the other thing with Sanders is how worried am I about him getting on the same page right away? With Josh Allen. And also, I hope Josh Allen's not even throwing him the ball. So who's he he getting on the same page with? Yeah, like, I'd like him to contribute over the course of the season. Of course. But if he... I don't need it to be in August. If he's having trouble with Allen and the timing and maybe picking up the offense at the beginning of the season, which even because because he's a veteran, it almost seems like that's not possible. But let's say it happened. He can be... You can slow play him into the offense. You can start the year with Davis out on the outside, Beasley in the slot, and Diggs on the other position, obviously. And you can have Isaiah McKenzie rotate in. Like, you're fine. You can have Sanders just kind of play here and there as he gets his feet wet, and then maybe his role grows over the course of the season. I kind of want them to do that with Sanders anyway. Sanders has had some recent injury history. He tore his Achilles, what, two years ago? He's one of the rare exceptions of guys who have come back from that and look the exact same. But he did it. He did tear it a couple years ago. And he's older, 34 years old. I don't really need him to have a role early in the season. I think this team is so good, and I am so sure that they are not only making the playoffs, but likely winning the division, that in some spots, when the drop-off in play might not be that much, if it is at all, I want to go for, let's find out about this guy, and maybe save a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Receiver is the perfect example for this. I think... Gabriel Davis, because Beasley has one year left and all that's happened this offseason with him doesn't help this either, It's there's a very good chance he's not here next year. And same goes for Emmanuel Sanders just because of his age. So behind Stephon Diggs, I'm nowhere. I don't know where I am at wide receiver next year. I want to find out if Gabriel Davis can be my number two wide receiver for the future. And Sanders, I think I know what I got. So early in the season... To me, it behooves the Bills to play Davis all the time. Like, 
as much as Diggs. He's the number two wide receiver to start the season because I'm confident that they're still going to be talented, that they're still going to win football games. It's not going to risk them winning the division. I'm going to get a good look at Davis in an important role, and I'm going to save Sanders for later in the season and the playoffs because, to me, that's what really matters. We're now geared towards focusing about the playoffs, and I want Sanders come playoff time more than I need him early in the year. So... It's little decisions like that I think they can make along the way on the entire roster that it just it's, it comes with being this good a team, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's actually funny. I, I really haven't even thought about training camp that much. Like, I, it was just kind of like lingering, oh, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Like, it, it's just so funny when you have an established roster, stability from the top of the organization on down, and it's just... Like, is this what other fan bases have experienced? You know, like the <laughs> Patriots. Like, did they did pa- do Patriots fans care about training camp prior to the last couple seasons? Because, like, Maybe to not. me, training camp this year is, okay, get on the same page and stay healthy. That is it. That is really all I'm looking at. Don't I don't th- even care about the cornerback two competition. Yeah, me neither. They're, I think... pro- they're probably going to rotate anyway. So, right. And, like, <laughs> Wallace is already, like, he's fine. Like right. it's not it's not this massive hole. Right. Even the positions where we're wondering who's starting, it's not because it's not necessarily because there's this gaping hole there. It's because there's a couple viable options. Yeah, they they're kind of close in talent level, so it's hard to hard to predict it. Uh, and that's different from like oh I just gotta find a guy. Right. Like can someone step up? Like I already know what I've got in Levi Wallace, and like I've got upside in Dane Jackson. And if that's the cornerback two battle, if that's the if that's the number one roster battle on the team, <laughs> man, I'm a I'm a damn good football team. Right, we already know that. Uh, 8030550 is the phone number. Do you agree with me and Brendan that no Bills meaningful Bill starter should play a single snap in the preseason? Uh, give us a call at 8030550. There's a lot happening in hockey today. Mark Andre Fleury on the move to Chicago. There are rumors about Philip Deneau maybe landing with the. Vegas Golden Knights, and that would completely throw off a potential Eichel to Vegas trade. Um, and Allmark, free agency is tomorrow. And I want to talk about Linus Allmark because I think he should fit into the Sabres. Uh, I think there's a good chance he comes back. It makes sense. But Boston is lingering now. And we'll get into it. But, I, if man, if, if I'm the Sabres and I want Allmark to stay – the last thing I need is some Stanley Cup contender coming to Linus Allmark and saying, you can be our number one goaltender. We'll go into that a little bit when we come back. Jody Biasi, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap on WGR. All right, there's a lot happening right now. Uh, not an Eichel trade, again, to continue to make that that point. You're scaring people. Um, a lot's happening in the break. I'm fighting with people on Twitter about goalies. Brennan's yelling about the Mariners in here, calling them losers. I didn't know about this Mariners thing, by the way. So the Seattle Mariners are on, what, a 20-year playoff drought? I know it's the longest in sports. I think 2002 is the last time they made the playoffs. And they're two games out of a playoff spot, and they're selling? That's what what you said? They they just... uh, I'm going to go through the whole thing. But it's not going over well in their locker room. They traded Kendall Graveman. They just had one of the coolest wins of the season, regardless of team last night. Hit a grand slam in the eighth inning to pull ahead of the Astros. Their division rival. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're in a playoff race, 
and you're selling players at the deadline, haven't made the playoffs in 20 years. I mean, are you kidding me? This is why baseball is no fun. The Mariners. Just, those, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. No, but I know like teams mean. like the Mariners, they, basically all they are are farm teams for the halves of the league. You look at teams like the Pirates and just similar, the, the, the Mariners and similar teams like that, the, the Rays, and the Rays are a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. uh, example because they're actually a good organization, but low market teams that gather all this talent through drafting and acquiring prospects by selling off star players to groom them and then ship them off for star players and they never have a whiff of the playoffs. Meanwhile, I'm, Sorry, I, I can't believe the Mariners have me so upset. I'm in the midst of a, a bit of a Gretzky-Ovechkin debate. I think it's madness to consider anyone but Ovechkin the greatest goal scorer of all time. And I know Gretzky has the record, but when someone someone came at me with Gretzky had 27 more goals in his best season than Ovechkin did, I j- look at the goaltending. How many goals did Gretzky score along the ice? An era-adjusted metric would be fun to look at. I and think I'm those sure exist. there's one out there. Yeah, I I don't I don't like if I'm sure I could find it after a few minutes, but I don't have one just like ready to go on that either. But yeah, like Ovechkin, I would imagine in those would come out first. Him or Bossy, maybe Bossy. Right, that's right. Um, but man, because of the goaltending now. Speaking of goaltending, that's really where I wanted to go with this. We'll get to the Sabers in a second, but just real quickly, actually, the other Twitter fight I had today oddly was with Bo Bennett. Uh, former NHL player from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and me and him were in a back-and-forth about Marc-Andre Fleury. What an odd thing. I did not wake up this morning thinking I'd be beefing with Bo Bennett. Um, (laughs) But Fleury gets traded to Chicago for basically nothing. I don't even know that this prospect should qualify as being traded. The, The Golden Knights acquired a prospect from Chicago for Fleury, technically, but the Knights said that this guy's going to continue to play in the Chicago organization. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, so that was a weird one. But anyway, Chicago's taking all $7 million of his of his salary, and there were reports, I think Mark Lazarus had this, sources told him, Fleury does not want to play for Chicago. That, and Friedman had it before that, that he's really thinking about now retiring. Now we have, from Matt Vensel of PG Sports Now, uh, Star Tribune in Pittsburgh, that the Pittsburgh Penguins do not, are not interested in reacquiring goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury. And that was being floated out there as a scenario. Like, okay, he's going to go back to Pittsburgh. Makes a lot of sense. The Penguins, last year, they got eliminated because of goaltending. Casey DeSmith was okay throughout the year. He didn't really save them in the playoffs. And Tristan Jari lost them that series outright. So Fleury makes sense for the roster, but they're not interested. And I don't blame them because that's a hefty cap hit for a goaltender. So... I don't know. Flurry maybe is done. Um, I think Vegas made the right decision here. It's just weird that a guy that was a Vesna winner the year before is like, this is how it's going to end with finding out he's traded on Twitter and then refusing to report to Chicago. Um, so that happened today. But really where I wanted to gear this towards was was Allmark. Because free agency is tomorrow. The Sabres have to spend $16 million still to reach the cap floor, and that's without an Eichel trade. So it could be as high as $26 million if an Eichel trade does happen that they need to spend. And they have no goalies under contract. 
for next year. So I like the idea of signing Allmark because the alternative seems to be one of these aged UFAs. Like Mike Smith has come up. Is it like just get me through a couple of seasons? James Reimer. To me, Allmark is because he's only 27 years old. If he was coming, if he was hitting the open market from another team, he'd be the guy I'd want the Sabres to go overpay on a two year deal because I don't care about the cap hit. I need the cap hit. So if he wants $6 million, give him six and a half. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter to your to your to your long term future. Six and a half million on a two year deal. I don't even care what it is really, but the guy could factor into your net past twenty twenty three, for instance. And I don't think a lot of these other goalies on the market present that opportunity. Now, the Sabers sound like they want to sign him, and they're working towards that. But the one thing that I always thought could sway him away even if the Sabres were willing to overpay him money-wise, is a contender. And that could get anybody out of here, right, that's been here long enough? Sure. If you've been through enough losing, if you're Allmark, and maybe the Sabres will give you six. If they were to give you six years on the same term that Boston will give you four. Six years or six mil? Six mil. Six mil, okay. Six mil. And Boston comes at you on the same termed contract, but they're giving you $2 million less per year. I don't blame the guy for still wanting to go there. Because a team like Boston is a Stanley Cup contender. If he can find a Stanley Cup contender that's going to give him a starting role, even if it's like a 1A, 1B situation, it's hard for me to see Allmark choosing to come back here. Yeah. What will they lose if that happens, though, I guess? It's not It's not like it's the end of the world. Oh, no. But it's, by any means. But it's still how the heck is this team going to get to the floor? And they also could have traded him at the deadline. That is maybe... Do we know that? They, they, I mean, guys got traded. David Riddich got traded to the Leafs. I mean, they could have got something. Maybe it's not as high as I'm thinking. I was thinking like a second-round pick and a prospect at the time. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the, that's crazy. But I don't know. I felt like he's a strong asset. I think he's a good goalie in the league. He has been top 10 in 5-on-5 five five save percentage two straight years yeah. in the NHL. Oh, no one's, no one's denying that he's good. It's like – but – like you said, if they can't sign him, you know it's it's not gonna. I'm not gonna cry about it. Uh, be, I think he's a fine goaltender. Do I want him to be the goalie of the future? Not really. I hope one of the three goalies in the system right now is the goalie of the future, mm-hmm. and they line up better with the Sabers' timeline of being a contender. Hopefully, whatever that timeline may be. Uh, but yeah. This deal just makes sense to me to get to that floor because Kevin Adams came out and said that, or at least it's understood that their Sabres are not going to overspend to land like bigger name guys as if they'd want to come here in the first place, but to, to make sure that they don't take away roles from some of their younger players. So it'll be more role players that would be coming here in free agency. And if it's just role players... I still don't see how you're getting to the floor. Now, this could be one avenue. And I wonder what you think of this. They got to sign Darlene. He's mm-hmm. a restricted free agent. Yep, that'll help. I don't know that Darlene would go for this even. But how do you like the idea of going for the long-term deal with him now? 
Because I think I think what makes the most sense really on the surface for both sides even is a bridge deal. Right. The Sabres aren't sure yet of his ceiling, and Darlene is going to want to bet on himself. Right. He's going to want to earn that same contract Kel McCarr just got, that Miro Heiskanen just got, $8.5 million, $9 million on an eight-year deal. So just do it now, and you inherit a little risk? Yeah. But but you but the, the upside is if he reaches that ceiling that we still – I think a lot of us still think is in there, like a Norris-level defenseman. He doesn't have to be the best defenseman in the world. He doesn't have to be in the Norris conversation every year. But a guy that can win a Norris trophy in his career. Right. Like, that good. If he becomes that and you signed him this year, you're going to have one of the most, the best bargains in the league. Right. I think of – there's a lofty comparison, I know. McKinnon. McKinnon. McKinnon signed after his second year, and he had not exploded yet. Like, he was like a 60-point player. And he signed what an eight-year deal at six and a half million per year, and a year later, he's one of the best players in the world. He's really a ten, eleven, twelve million dollar player, and he's been that for three years. But the Avalanche have him at half the cost because they took the gamble of signing him. Then I guess McKinnon, it's less of a gamble, but maybe not. But McKinnon had a rough couple first right. couple years too, yeah. and. Maybe he's a good comparison for Darlene, by the way. I never think of him for this. Maybe because he's a forward. And, and um, he starting also, slow. And he also turned into an absolute superstar. Exactly. Like he right. He I think he's the second best hockey player in the world. Right. After McDavid. Um but but the argument remains. Like, man, what do you do though? Like what does that deal even look like? It's so hard. Because is is eight times is eight times seven? What if you just gave him the high skin and deal? Like how get, far eight off and are half? their careers? Eight and a half million per? To me, I don't know how much room there is to make that a bargain then. To me, if I'm the Sabres, I wouldn't sign that. I'd sign the bridge deal. Because how much how much room is there for him to go up from there? To me, I, I would, you know what I would do if I was Kevin Adams? I don't I don't know that Darlene would accept this, but eight years, seven million per. You want to do this now? Like look here, you're you've got you are solidified as one of the highest paid defensemen in the league. You're, you're not, you know, top five maybe. But you're up there. And he'd still be young enough on the other end to get another contract. And it's high enough to where I think maybe he could consider it. Because I, I don't think like $6 million is not getting that done. I think you probably got to go to at least seven. Yeah. Um, again, this may be a moot talking point because it's probably likely a bridge deal is going to happen regardless. But I don't know. It's just a, it's an idea. You want to help yourself get to the cap floor. Right. Sign Darlene to that massive deal now because you can afford it now and it could be a bargain in the future. I'm interested. Yoki Haru, by the way, will be a couple of million. Asplund will be a million or two. Middlestad will be a couple million. Like the RFAs will add up to probably be about half of that cap floor. Sure. What, what are you expecting tomorrow? Like if the Sabres were to make a move tomorrow, what are you expecting? Allmark. I don't know that I could see them doing anything else. Like I think it sounds like they want Allmark. I think he does make sense because yeah, I agree. Other than Boston, I mean, how many teams are going to give him? a bona fide number one starting job. Like, the Sabres have that to offer, plus probably money. Past that, like, they're not, no, they're not in, they're not big game hunting by any means. They're not chasing Dougie Hamilton or Gabriel Landeskog. They're not in that place, despite all the room they have. They're just not. Under the radar deals, I like the Nick Ritchie idea. Like, that's where I'd want to be reaching. The guys that were not qualified in restricted free agency. Because... Yeah, Pius Suter. Yeah, not um, Ryan Suter. No, Sorry not Ryan. Not Ryan Suter. Definitely <laughs> not Ryan Suter. Um, 
who else? Andre Cache from uh, from Boston as well. Although he's got he's a little more complicated because he has bad bad concussion issues the last year and a half, but a really good player. Um, that's where I'd be reaching. Like that, those twenty five year olds that didn't get qualified by their teams that wouldn't be too expensive, but they're also not going to be like vet minimum deals. So they can kind of help me build towards meeting that that salary threshold I need to reach, while also giving me some hope that they're not just I'm not just wasting time wasting roster spots on these guys and just trying to get to yeah. the cap floor like if they sign right. Nick Ritchie tomorrow he's 25 years old like I had could, a good season last year yeah and I could totally see him being in this team past two, like two years from now right he was on like a 22 goal pace I think I saw last year high, high, career high shooting percentage so that probably regresses a bit I don't think he's not a 20 goal scorer year to year but nice player he'd also satisfy a lot of the uh yeah. Or a lot of those who think <laughs> the, the Sabres lost a lot of grit with uh Oh yeah. He is he's got a lot of wrist He reminds me a lot of Marcus Felino. He's a little more aggressive and a better offensive player. Yeah. So you're right, it's not a perfect example, but kind of that middle six winger that's gonna run around and crush people into the boards. Good two way game and he could pot you goals here and there. Um All right, we have some tangible Eichel tweets here. Did you see it? I have not. Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News tweets, he's hearing the Buffalo ask for Eichel from Vegas is Smith, Peyton Krebs, Nick Haig, and a first-round pick. Smith, I would imagine, is Riley Smith. Yes. And I'm not sure. Now, the Sabres would not probably want Riley Smith. They would probably know. Vegas needs to the get rid of room. some salary. Sure. He's got one year, $5 million, and that would be a perfect – Actually, maybe the would, Sabres – That would be perfect. Yeah, the Sabres would take him because he's still a good player. He scored 14 goals in half a season last year, scored 27 the year before that, and at 30, you could spin him at the deadline and get something in return. Um, Krabs is the guy we all want. He's their top prospect. And then Nick Hague will have to look up here. I don't have him off the top of my head. Uh, and then a first-round pick that will probably be very low. Before you it know could be who 32. Nick Hague Could be 32. Uh, before you know who Nick Hag is, how does that ask sound to you? No Alex Tuck. That, that's fine. I don't. We always don't talk mind. about him. I know the, the Alex Tuck thing's always there, but at the end of the day, he's a middle six winger. So, whatever. The, the big get that you're looking out of any Eichel deal is that – central prospect and Peyton Krebs fits the bill. So it, it's probably not as high as we were all originally hoping for, but if Krebs is a part of the deal, they're able to get a first round pick, which of course isn't going to be that high. I'm okay with it. Krebs, Krebs is very good. And Haig, by the way, is a 22 year old six foot six, 214 pound defenseman who was, an early second-round pick four years ago, 34th overall in 2017. Um, it might be possible that Elite Prospects is crashing with this guy's page right now because it's not working for me as everyone in Buffalo immediately <laughs> looks up who Nick yeah, Hague is. Exactly. Um, but what I can tell you from the frozen screen I'm on is he played 52 games last year for the Golden Knights, 17 points, uh, two points in the playoffs. Uh, I could find you his minutes per – it was his first full season in the NHL. So I don't know a lot about the player, but 22-year-old defenseman that just broke into the league doesn't sound like a nothing piece. Not like some main valuable right. prospect, um, but not maybe a throwaway or like some throw-in either. Um, I want to look up his minutes per night 
last year just to see what kind of role he was on. 16 minutes, exactly 16 minutes a night. So third-pair defenseman for Vegas last season. All right. That's not a crazy ask. It's not a crazy ask, but I don't mind it. I don't mind if it either. If you can it's land mad. a prospect like Krebs, I think you did well. Today, I'd tell you I like that and I would do that deal if I were the Sabres. I think Vegas should do that deal too. If I'm Vegas, I would absolutely take that deal. I would run to the phone. It's kind of amazing where we've come when thinking about Eichel trades. At the beginning of this process, right at the end of the season, if you told fans the Sabres are going to end up getting Peyton Krebs, Riley Smith, Nick Haig, and a first-round pick that will probably be very late, people would have hated it. Because what were we talking about? Right. We're, we're, we're talking about Byfield and Turka and two first-round picks. Right. We were we were talking Zegris, Drysdale, and three. We were talking Lafreniere and multiple firsts. Even with Minnesota, they came late in the game because they didn't. They wouldn't even have that. It was Rossi and Boldy and a first-round pick. This is at the at the core. What is it? It's a mid-first-round pick from a couple years ago in Peyton Krabs, who's had some great development since he got drafted. Yep. It's a 30-year-old rental who's good, but he's a 30-year-old rental. It's a third-pair defenseman who just broke into the league and a late first-round pick for Jack Eichel. Two months ago, I would have told you I hated it, but because of all the context and all of really the negative reinforcement that we've had about the Eichel market for weeks and months now, it sounds like a good deal. I don't know. Part of me wants to be like, I just want to wait it out. I don't want to make any deal in this market. But maybe you never get a better offer than that. that. Deal and this is, is coming from Buffalo. far better than anything that the Rangers can put together without yes. Lafreniere. I completely agree. The Rangers, screw off Rangers. They're, they're the worst. All, all of them. The team, the fans, the bloggers, the writers, they're all in fantasy land. Ugh. I would hang up on them immediately every time. It appears we were in fantasy land, though, thinking yeah, I, that, the, yeah. that Eichel was going to land. Shouldn't that he, much. though? I, yeah. But he should. He's an elite 24 year old center. Yeah. I don't know. But, we'll talk- but we were in fantasy land, too. We were. Let's take a quick timeout and we'll kind of we'll get back into this. Eichel to Vegas right now. Um, the Sabres want Peyton Krabs, Riley Smith, Nick Hague, and a first-round pick. And to be to Ryan clear, Kennedy it has not happened, news. yes. No, it has not. It's just Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News saying he's heard that that's the ask. Uh, more about that next. You can give us your thoughts on what that what that would mean to you at 803-0550 here on WGO. All right, we got to go quick here. Last call in the nightcap, Jody Biasi, Brendan Keeney. If you missed it, Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News tweets that he's hearing that the Buffalo ask for Jack Eichel from Vegas is Riley Smith Peyton Krabs, Nick Hague, and a first-round pick. Riley Smith, 20-plus goal scorer, 30 years old, one year left in his deal. Peyton Krabs, 17th overall pick from a couple years ago that is one of the top prospects outside the NHL. Nick Hague, a defensive prospect who just played his first year in the league, uh, and a first-round pick. The more I think about it, the more upset I am. Because it's not even that... It's not even that this is the deal. Like, why is this out here? 
Who's telling Ryan Kennedy that's the ask? Isn't it Vegas? Like, why does that benefit the Sabres? To me, well, either way, it doesn't. I guess that part of it doesn't matter. If that deal's not done, that means Vegas isn't doing that deal. At least at this point in time. They're trying to bid bargain you to do less. Then you don't do anything. See, it's, it's very simple to me. It's very, very simple. If Kevin Adams does not get precisely what he's asking for, then you don't deal him. I don't want to deal him almost at all right now. Like, I feel like I keep being told that you just can't do that, though. But in my mind... Who's saying that? Who's saying you can't do that? Just people. Just people. People that want to tell you that, like, the locker room will be poisonous. Oh, no. (laughs) Isn't that what they've said for the last seven years? Yes. Oh, it's just a poisonous locker room. It was poisonous with O'Reilly, and then O'Reilly won a con Smythe. And obviously didn't poison the St. Louis locker room. Like, I, I just, I'm just so sick of the things that people have no way of knowing saying so yeah. matter of fact. Oh, the locker room's going to be poisoned. Okay, well, I can deal with whatever that means to you if it means Kevin Adams can hold out for a couple of better assets. Sorry. This I is a hate, business. I hate more and more. I hate that we've arrived at this, at this point. I think that's what it is for me. I don't love the the Ryan Kennedy tweet. I don't love the ask. I don't think I want, it's horrible. I, I want, want it to I be the Vegas. Clarify. I want it to be the Vegas ask. I don't want. I don't. Uh, I want to clarify. I don't think it's horrible. It's not as good as I was hoping for, but it's not horrible, and you don't have to say yes to it. I need to keep telling myself that. You don't have to say yes to it. You don't have to say yes to it. Cause it and the, at the end of the day, Joe, I think we're also going to be upset because that means it's over. You're right. The, the era is over well, once this is done. Not just that. I don't know that any deal that's realistic for them is going right. to feel good enough. It would have to blow us away for right. us to feel good about it because, to me, it feels like we just wasted an entire... We... Prospect, uh, uh, we we wasted Entire a dude. Generation. Yeah, we wasted a guy. Right, because we had those. I, you don't have to agree with this. I believe Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart were championship level players. I think if you had put the right pieces around them, you could have won a Stanley Cup. Like that's what we set out to do in the first place with the tank. Why could we never get past eighth? Because we didn't have the elite centerman. You had it. You technically still have it, but you had it. and We could argue they had two. You could argue they had two because Reinhardt should have been playing center his entire damn career, and he did it for a month at the Let's end. Let's not get started. It's almost How eight. annoying is that? <laughs> but they had the championship-level player that we had been searching for. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 